Welcome to Take Control of Your Career, where we discuss strategies to get you in the driver's seat of your career. Here's your host, Lauren Herring. Hello, and welcome to Take Control of Your Career. If you are looking to level up in your career, then you are in the right place. Today, I am joined by Shilpa Bandari. She is the Senior Vice President at Burlasoft and Global Head for Banking, Financial Services, and Insurance Solutions. Shilpa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lauren. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. Great. Well, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So just let's get started by hearing a little bit more about yourself. So tell us about you and your career progression. Sure. Thank you. As I uh, as I reflect on my career, which is now over two decades of being in PNL leadership roles, general management roles, and go-to-market leadership roles, and in a large part of that in multinational companies with you know global presence. I think about my career in three phases a lot, right? And as I lead up to the current role that I play at Birla Soft, those three phases have been extremely important in my career progression. The first phase, I, I think of that as uh, the launch phase. And this was really the phase of my career, I would say the first four to five and a half years uh, after business school when I really launched myself in my in the professional world and and you know took roles on uh, that were in market making sales business development and technology services and technology organizations and this was a period where i think i was just trying to learn about how how organizations function you learn about that when you're in business school or whatever maybe your education background but nothing is like being there and being a part of a real organization. And I think that first phase of launch was super important for me to just, you know, get to grips with how things function and how one can be effective and valuable in that phase. The second phase of my career, I think of it as a built phase. And this was really also coinciding with the internationalization of my experience. So I spent the first five years or so of my career in India, in different markets, and then moved uh, here to the United States in, in an international assignment. Uh, and that was uh, the start of the build phase of my career. And this phase, you know, I would say probably was the next four to five years of my career. And that this was marked by taking on more complex, you know, roles, regional, you know, leadership responsibilities, taking on more high pressure assignments and being really accountable for business results and, and seeing what that really meant uh, in a more complex setting and certainly you know, getting the exposure to working right here in the United States uh, from a cultural perspective. And the third phase of my career, which I think is probably the last 11 or so years, is what I would call the lead phase. And this is re- defined by me really shifting. Some of it is by design and some of this is by the opportunities that came my way towards thinking of myself as as an enabler to my teams. And this is when I really moved to larger people management roles, being able to own the strategy execution and the result phase of the roles that I was in. And it really did become more about the team and what we delivered and less about myself. And all of that uh, obviously is catapulted to the role that I play today for the firm that I work for that I'm very proud to. Birla Soft, I, I lead the global banking, financial services and insurance business. So I lead the PNL and I'm accountable for revenue growth, profitability, and obviously customer satisfaction and the engagement of the teams that deliver. So that really defines my career progression. 
And if I were to say one thing that's common across all of those phases, and certainly what is about to come in the future is learn. I think of myself as somebody that is yearning to learn. And as I have con continued to progress in leadership roles, I think that one quality and one element, I certainly want to keep alive and frankly do more of. So that's a little bit about the last 21 or so years. Wonderful. Thanks for that framework. I really like that it's launch, build, lead, and learn is the red thread through all of that. So I think that's a great way for a lot of people who are watching or listening can relate to thinking, okay, you know, where am I right now? And how do I need to think about what are some of the skills that I need to learn along the way to get to that next phase then? So really a fantastic framework. So tell us a little bit about in the last few years, actually, you've had quite a bit of change in your career. So walk us through that and how you've made decisions about when it was time to make a move. Sure. And, and you are right. You know, there, there's been quite a bit of change, certainly in the last five to six years. And in hindsight, the reality is sometimes one seeks change and other times change seeks you. But the, the only constant is the change. And, and one you know, realizes that as one has lived through the career path, that change is the only constant. So you know, one of the things that I have now begun to understand more as, as I have uh, progressed in my career is, first and foremost, to make the right decisions, you need to get comfortable with change. It's not easy. I, certainly, I don't think it has been easy for me. And even today, right, when there is huge amounts of change happening, you know, getting comfortable with change is the first step and it's really important. It's a mindset. It's not something that, you know, you cannot just, you know, sort of flip a switch and say, look, you know, this is how it is. You have to practice it. You have to learn it. The second phase of that is to embrace it because if I reflect on all changes, sometimes, you know, what, what may look as good or, or bad, they are all seeded with opportunity. So once you start to embrace the changes around you, you will try, you will be able to unearth the opportunity. Some may be immediate, but some may be a little bit longer term. So that's the second piece of it. And the third piece of how I've made decisions is, you know, what can you cull out from that change situation that can be a benefit to you or the environment that you are in? You know, is this an opportunity, therefore, for you to reskill yourself? Is this an opportunity, opportunity for you to try and get a different kind of experience that you may not have. And certainly in the last four to six years, I've, I've had the opportunity to be a part of a, you know, experience M&A from the perspective of organizational integration, right? What does it mean from a leadership integration perspective? Because I had the opportunity to work for a large, globally known multinational brand, but American, right? Rooted here with presence, you know, in 80 plus countries. And when the business was sold to another large multinational brand, but with roots in Japan, again, equally large, in fact, larger, I had that opportunity. And that change was not something that I seek. This was really the broader context that brought that on. I had the opportunity to see what it means to look at organizational integration very closely from a cultural perspective, from a leadership style perspective, from a strategic prioritization perspective. So even though I didn't seek that change, I was able to get so much of a varied experience living through it and certainly learning from it. More recently in my career, I have pivoted to, you know, stepping outside of the large multinational, maybe a, a li larger scale environment to work at Birla Soft, which is a strong, but a tier two, a smaller scale digital 
services company. And I think this change has given me the opportunity to probably look at being how one can be more entrepreneurial, right? How one can be more agile, how, how organizations can potentially make decisions faster. And that probably is an example of change that I brought on myself to seek a certain, you know, different kind of experience. So I think the biggest learning that I've had is get comfortable with change, whether it's change that you have seek for yourself or your context has brought brought upon you and try and cull from that what positive impact near term, but even longer term, right, that you can create for yourself. Right. And one of the things going back to your answer in the last question is that you're a learner. So tell us, Shilpa, what you were hoping to learn out of this shift that you brought on for yourself when you moved to Burlasoft. Sure. I think the move to Berlasoft, which was essentially a, a move to embrace a smaller scale, a smaller tier provider, was oriented towards me, as I said before, right, being in an environment which is far more entrepreneurial. I'm in the technology services and technology consulting and digital world. And the pace of change in this industry and certainly in every business that it affects is humongous. And I think we need to be as leaders and certainly as organizations be in environments where you can very quickly respond, react, and be more proactive with the change. So I think one of the goals was to be able to, you know, create solutions and services and certainly be a business that can be far more agile and far more innovative. And those are some of the goals that I had for me and, of course, my team and my firm. And I'm hoping to be successful in meeting those. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's a great way to think about it. You know, what are the things that are critical in the market and how do you need to make sure that your career is keeping pace with the market? And that was a really Absolutely. great awareness there and a strategic shift for you personally. So one of the things that I think is really interesting about senior leaders is that we've all had serious challenges along the way. And I'm sure you can attest to that. And sometimes, you know, it's just not so obvious to those of us on the sidelines or those who look at you and they think that you've got it all figured out every step of the way, just because you've reached such a great pinnacle in your career. And the reality is you've already told us you're always still learning. So tell us how you've handled some setbacks in your career, because I think that's something that a lot of women especially are really interested in hearing that authenticity from you. Sure. And look, I've had many, many setbacks, right? And I value each one of them, whether it's a challenge, uh, it's a setback, it's a failure, whatever you call it, right? Or you define it as a promotion that you so thought that you needed and deserved at that point in time in your career, or it was, you know, a deal that you brought to the table and you felt that you really did not get the recognition that you so very well deserved, or it was a raise that you thought would come at that particular time in the, you know, in the cycle and and did not, or it was an exit that was, you didn't see it coming and it was very hard to negotiate. You know, there are examples, right, in everybody's career. And certainly I can vouch that the more successful you, you know, externally or viewed, the more challenges you have overcome. But I've had setback in my career. I have tried to rationalize and I use a very simple framework, right? And that framework has three R's and then it's followed by, you know, three more. But the first opportunity that a setback gives you is the opportunity to reflect. Because when you are, you know, in a difficult situation, very often, right, you try to be defensive. But I think reflection is a very important element of trying to understand the setback and challenge. And sometimes it's great feedback that comes your way that may be very helpful. The second thing that's super important to me 
and and certainly I know that to women and I know it's to men too, is to recharge. And I think, you know, when you are bogged down by professional, uh, you know, challenges or personal, you need to really find that energy, that positive energy, and whether that comes to you from an activity that you do or your family or your children or simple things like, you know, just shopping, I think you have to have those triggers that can help you recharge and get positive energy back in your system. And the third, uh, you know, piece that I think about is, you know, repivot. This may be really an opportunity for you to repivot yourself, right? This challenge may be a blessing in disguise. And by repivot, usually I've seen three things emerge and it doesn't have to be that is one of those. It can be all of those, right? One is reskilling. You know, you may be, you may have run a certain kind of business with a certain mix but, you know, the industry or, 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 you know, the skill that's valued is shifting somewhere else. So, you know, as a leader, you have to be relevant and you have to reskill yourself. The second repivot is rebrand, right? I, you could be known as somebody that runs a certain, you know, you can only run a hundred million dollar business, but your ambition is to run half a billion dollar business. And, but your brand is a subscale brand of, of a leader. So how do you therefore use this as an opportunity in the repivot to rebrand yourself, right? The, And that's just an example. And the third one I think is very important is you've got to probably sometimes reconfigure your context. You may be doing all the right things, but maybe you're in an organization or with a team that is just not going to see that value in you beyond the limit that you've reached. And it's it's probably the right time for you to just redesign your context and find a way out. And, you know, that's a positive outcome for all parties sometimes. So I would say this is probably the best approach that I've been able to come up with to manage setbacks. And uh, I know there will be more in future, but the setback, the other positive side, positive effect of setbacks is they make you stronger as a leader. And I can tell you that, you know, the more you want to grow in your career, the more strength of character, of decision making is what firms, companies, you know, leaders, CEOs value. So, you know, leverage all of that. Challenges are certainly, or setbacks are blessings in disguise. Great. I love that framework. It makes it so simple. And you gave an example earlier of a situation where maybe you go for a promotion and you don't get it. And okay, how do you think about it? I was just talking to a woman the other day who had that same situation. She originally wasn't even going to go for the promotion. And then you know, she built up her courage to talk to her manager about it, got some support along the way, but in the end did not get it. But the great thing about that situation, even though she didn't get it now, she signaled to her leadership that she was interested in that next level. And then she got feedback around what it is that was perceived to be missing. So what you're talking about, that rebranding, that reskilling, what are the things that you need to do next to position yourself next time around. So it might be a setback today, but because of that setback, that's what's actually going to move you forward next time. I agree, Lauren. I'll add one more thing, right? It's always good to know where you stand, right? You can, you know, creating this vision of yourself in your mind and and certainly make sure that whatever you are trying to seek, you do back with data and results, right? Because at the end of the day, organizations look for individuals who can produce results and having the conversation in a constructive way with data and results is always a good thing because even though you may or may not get what you're seeking, you definitely get where you stand in the minds of those that are, you know, making those decisions, right, for the promotion or whatever, you know, the expanded responsibility may. And I, I have found that that's always a good thing for you to plan your career. 
Yeah. And if it turns out that you're seen, like you said, in one way, but you need to pivot yourself, your brand in a different direction, you now have that information. So you can determine what some of those next steps are. So great advice. Love that framework. You know, speaking of other challenges, we talked about how you have had some changes in your career recently. You actually joined Burlasoft at the very beginning of the pandemic. So March 2020 is when you joined Burlasoft in a big role where you were expected to make some big waves. So tell us about how you onboarded during such a challenging time and how you are going about changing the culture in your organization to get the results that you are expected to bring. Sure, no, great question. And and well, you know, one has certainly lived through that very recently. And then we're all still living in a world where pandemic is still there. Look, I think uh, when I joined Berlasoft, the pandemic had not exploded. But soon after that, I was just in a couple of weeks, right? The world was a new place and every business, right? No matter who you were in every major country, right? I was trying to figure out what this means. What in one way that was extremely difficult to, to try and, you know, immerse yourself in a new organization, a new role. But on the flip side of it, when there is a fire, when there is a crisis, I think they're all hands on the deck. You jump right in. And in that sense, you know, we were all as a business team really talking about what does this mean, trying to understand the impact on different industries, trying to understand the impact on our customers, our teams. And it, I think it gave me the opportunity to come together as a part of the leadership team in a much quicker way because, you know, there wasn't any time for, right, understand the usual, right, orientation of a senior leader. So that, I think, in some way, right, gave me an accelerated induction into the organization and getting down to really understanding, you know, the levers and and where our big challenges were and where, you know, what we needed to do. I also think that, look, you know, one has traveled in these roles all across the world, meeting with clients, meeting, you know, with teams, and certainly that luxury and and that almost uh, much needed Ability wasn't there, but I um, I was able to leverage technology just like what we are doing today and get in front virtually a far greater number of team members in far shorter period of time and maybe for a much longer period of time. And what I decided to do was to, of course, try and focus these discussions on understanding their role and their challenges and, you know, a little bit. But I, I also made these discussions far more focused on understanding the person on the other side, right? Their history in the company been what they have done before that, the broader context of, you know, their family, all of those things, because I think empathy and that ability to connect at a human to human level with, you know, your teams was very, very important. And, and sort of one, one really had to do that to build one's own uh, sense of the organization. So certainly I think technology helped in being able to do that at the scale at which one, uh, one had to do. And the third element, of course, in any any organization, in any role, whether it's a senior role or not, you know, there's an organizational official network, which is the organizational design. And and one better understand that because that's the basic of you trying to be effective to get your job done. But there's also an informal network, right? All organizations have informal networks because they are all made up of human beings and that's how human beings are, right? So I think one had to really think more deeply about how does one you know, become being an outsider, coming in, become a part of that, you know, organizational, your informal network, the savviness that one needs to understand. But I was very, very pleased where everybody was so welcoming and they were uh, extremely supportive. 
And I think the additional hours that I spent in trying to you know, understand that have helped uh, us survive uh, through this period uh, of last year, which was quite difficult. And with, from a customer perspective, I think it gave a very you know, different kind of access to clients, right? We knew nobody was traveling and being able to get 15, 20, 30 minutes for you know, quick connects, getting feedback on things, easier you know on a, on a typical uh, on a in, a in a more uh, you know pre-pandemic world one would travel and sit down for a nice dinner and have that conversation one still misses that but I think being able to get time real more real-time feedback was much easier and certainly I think from a customer perspective that also helped them getting to know a new leader on the other side and and for me to be able to understand uh, what we needed to do more of and what we needed to do better so I think uh, those were some of the strategies that worked, but certainly is a unique experience that I I have a, a lot to you know share and and learn from. Yeah, well, I love the approach of really getting personal with your team. That's one of the things at Impact Group with our leadership programs. One of the things that we say is we're all humans first, people first, and employees second. And so while it's great to make sure that we're focusing on the big picture of the business and the goals and you know what we need to do to move the business forward, especially during challenging times like this, the importance of being able to connect on that human level is so important because then it makes everything else so much easier as well. Fully agree. Fully agree. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things that you've brought up several times is the impact of having global roles throughout most of your career, including an international move. So how has global experience helped you advance your career? Yeah, and a great question, Lauren. And certainly I think it's been a you know big element of why some roles uh, have come my way. The ability for the demonstrated ability of having worked in global environments and led global teams. Look, very early on in my career, I had the opportunity to do this sort of a dual role where I was still stationed, you know, in India, in Bangalore, India, but I had to parachute myself to Japan every every month, right? And try and build a support for a particular business there. Even though I was not bilingual, I did not speak Japanese. So I had to learn how to communicate, right, with our teams, you know, who were local teams, some of them were, you know, teams that were actually from India, but had worked in Japan for many years. And that experience early on in my career, uh, you know, in 2004, really helped me understand that one, it's so important for for for, for a person uh, in seeking to be, you know, growing in your career in a leadership role, to see how you can work outside of, you know, the immediate area of focus, the geography that you may be working in, right? And I also realized that I liked to learn about different cultures, about people from different backgrounds, and I wanted to learn how to be effective in that. So that was the first trigger point, you know, in early on in my career. Later on, you know, I have uh, had roles there where I've led teams and today is, you know, in my current role as well, that are in different parts of the world from different cultural backgrounds. And that has, you know, certainly added to the value of my experience. Look, every business today is a global business. Whether you serve customers in a particular country or not, that does not define a global business. Your supply chain is global. Your talent pool directly or indirectly is global. So it's very important, in my view, to infuse into your own style, into your own experience, ability to work in that environment. If, you know, anything, the COVID-19 crisis has brought right to the forefront how interdependent this global uh, economy and, you know, the global world is. 
So it, it is even more paramount that kind of experience, uh, you know, we one has and it will continue to be more, very valuable. It has been yeah. for me. Yes. And thanks for sharing that background of how you developed that passion for the global biz business. And a lot of times, you know, assumptions are made about women and international assignments in particular. So if you're in an organization or an industry where global business plays a key role and you have ambitions to grow your career to the C-suite, getting that experience especially in the form of an international assignment, is very critical. And it's important then to signal that up front to your manager, to higher levels of leadership, HR, talent management, because sometimes, like I said, the assumptions that women are not as mobile, whether that's domestically as, or especially internationally, is something that uh, can curtail your career if people just aren't even thinking about you in that context. No, absolutely right. And I think that's why it's better to have conversations, right, on your interests, on, on what you're thinking about, and even sometimes even bounce ideas, right, from those that you consider as your well-wishers or mentors, and uh, be known, right, what you're up for. Yeah, absolutely. Just making sure that you're getting the right experiences and setting yourself up for those next opportunities or the ultimate opportunities is something that you need to really be thinking about from the very beginning. The one last thing I want to ask you about is something that's unique about Burlesoft. You have significant female board leadership, which is really exciting to see. So help me see how that translates through the culture and how does that affect the focus on diversity at the company overall? Yeah, no, great question, Lauren. In fact, one of the things that attracted me to the company and then the role was this strong representation of, uh, you know, uh, female leaders in our board. We are 40 plus percent today, you know, of the board is female. In fact, the the chairperson of the company, Amitra Birla herself is, uh, you know, a, a lady and she's extremely involved and engaged in driving the vision forward. So uh, it's an important part, right, of the Birla Soft brand. Even broader than that, Birla Soft is a part of uh, the CK Birla Group, which is, you know, a very reputed organization over 150 years in existence with 25,000 employees in five continents and built on a high degree of purpose and value. So, you know, in all of the businesses of CK Birla Group and certainly Birla Soft, right, the inclusion and diversity are very, very important elements of the culture. Here in Birla Soft, uh, you know, it's something that I have, uh, again, the honor of, you know, being a part of a cross-functional business, you know, team that that is defining the agenda for inclusion, diversity, and equity charter and defining, you know, what are the things that we should be doing in short term, medium term, and long term. And certainly, you know, we, we have more work to do, but, you know, clearly some of the steps that we have taken around, uh, you know, building a nurturing environment inside the company uh, for diverse talent pool, be it women, be it veterans, be it uh, people from different cultural backgrounds and other forms of diversity is an important priority. And in addition to that, we are also trying to stretch ourselves and reach outside to our customers as well as to, you know, the ecosystem, our suppliers and other stakeholders that we work with to have a dialogue on shared values and then hopefully creating change and learning from each other. So it's an important part of, uh, you know, the value system of the company and certainly a lot more work that needs to happen, but very proud of the fact that we are working towards it. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that background and also an interesting perspective, especially from the U.S. where you're based and it's an Indian based company. And so you you really have a, a little bit of a unique approach on that diversity because you're looking at it from the multinational perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, in the world that we live in today, location has become almost, you know, it is relevant still, but, you know, we are almost location independent, right? Because we're so virtual and are able to connect, right? Cross border, cross time zones, cross geographies, but inclusion and diversity, I think, are those values that will continue to be very important to build those strong teams. Yes, absolutely. Because like we were talking about earlier, we're all people first and employees second. So we want to be recognized for who we are and what we bring. So with that, thank you so much, Shilpa, for joining us today. It's been a really great conversation and you've brought some wonderful frameworks, especially around the three R's for challenges. Love that. So it's something for people to circle back around to and make sure that they are able to record that for their future reference and growth. Really appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Lauren. It was uh, very nice talking to you. And thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Take Control of Your Career with Lauren Herring. Be certain to check the show notes for our guests' information. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show so that you don't miss an episode. Want to get control of your career now? Visit www.earnyourworthcareers.com. You can get your own career coach or download a chapter from Lauren's book for free.